Katrina, the rise of social media, YouTube, et cetera, has seen a rise in children becoming influencers. What's it like for children having to handle fame and the spotlight at such an early age? Well, I think it's kind of very similar to like what child stars used to be like in our generation, right? Like child actors or child, you know, then child that's pop very stars. scary though, isn't it? Right? right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's pretty much, in my opinion, the same level of fame and notoriety. Like a lot of these kids online um, do get sponsorships. You know, they have probably even more viewership than what you know this the the child celebrities of our time yep, were yep, getting right, yeah. because of the reach, right? Mm. Um, so I think that the impact is is identical. And I think just with how um, accessible social media is it's on your device, it's something that they can post on the regular. Um, it's it's a type of a type of visibility and fame that you know rivals, if not is more, in my opinion, than what those people had to go through. Um, and and you know, and it comes with the same amount of dangers, in my opinion, um, and the same amount of stressors. Um, it is kind of remarkable and kind of amazing to see um, how these kids actually gain traction. But I think, you know, it, it the, the, the age old questions over whether these children are being adequately protected and whether these children mm. are being responsible do, does still come up, right? Even though yeah. it's a social media platform, right? Um, yeah. So that's what I was going to ask you, actually. How should parents sort of prepare their kids to understand the platform uh, mm. and the reach they have and, and take in all of that? That you, mm. just said. you know, it goes back to talking about responsible social media usage, right? If your child is going to be, ha- uh, you know, uh, pr- putting themselves on a very, on that type of platform. Um, and, and mind you, we're talking about kids. So I'm assuming these are children. So not those of legal age. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of these platforms do have that age restriction. I think we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. And so you are as a parent kind of complicit in kind of like violating those restrictions, which were there for a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you are okay with your child being an influencer and having this, this presence on social media, I think it's also the duty of parents to make sure that you are kind of safeguarding um, what's happening online, um, explaining to your child the impact of what they're, what they're posting um, and how that affects the people who are watching. So the other kids and the other viewers, um, you know, I've had cases where I, I wouldn't really call them influencers, but I do have some clients who have quite a huge social media following, uh, putting up things which as children, they don't really think is damaging and then getting into trouble with schools uh, or getting into trouble socially uh, because as children, they don't really think about the the, the long-term effects, right? Um, so I think it's important for parents to explain that um, like all people in the position of, of, of visibility, power, influence, whatever you want to say, um, you have a duty to the people who are um, observing you to present yourself in the most respectable way um, and communicating the right messages and not communicating the wrong messages. Um, we also probably need to have a conversation about filtering, right? Because mm. there, there are a lot of keyboard warriors and social media trolls. Um, and these are people, often adults, who just for some bizarre reason um, take pleasure in kind of making nasty comments or, um, you know, b- poking fun at people who have some type of visibility. So I think having a conversation with your child about how, you know, there are going to be people who aren't happy with the amount of visibility you have and who say some really nasty things um, and making sure that you don't take those things to heart and to talk to your parents if something comes up that's inappropriate. So it's about kind of explaining those um, to your children, but mm-hmm. definitely do not let them have unrestricted access to these platforms. Um, you know, make sure that you're able to monitor what's being posted, what is being sent to your children, because remember, whether it's um, 
Instagram or Facebook. I'm not even sure TikTok. I don't have TikTok, but I assume there is a way. I don't. Um, I assume that there is Me a neither. way. To, <laughs> it's, it's too. I'm too old for TikTok, honestly. Um, and so I think that there is a way to send like direct messaging and instant messaging to 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 these um, accounts. And so we need to be as parents very very on point or very on top of that just to keep our kids safe. You know, talking about keeping safe, you know, there's part of the job as an influencer is engaging with their audience. Mm. All right. So how does a parent keep their child safe when Mm. that has to happen? Mm. So I think, you know, just being a part of the whole thing, right? I mean, if you want to call yourself your child's manager, by all means, go ahead and do that. But I think that if your child is going to be organizing like an Instagram live or something where they're going to be interacting, make sure you're part of that live. Make sure that you're in the room so you're very aware of what types of interactions are happening um Mm. and if you know if there is somebody being inappropriate or nasty or if you're concerned about your child's um, welfare then definitely do not be ashamed to kind of step in and kind of end the session um or wrap it up because we want to be able to still protect these kids because they are still children they just have um a following right um so I think that, you know, parents definitely need to uh, be very conscious about what is happening on on, on social media. Um, one of the things or one of the bigger things that I, I am mostly worried about with my clients who are more on the influencer side is, of course, that, you know, as they get older, um, the competition for likes and the competition for viewers. Yeah becomes a huge thing and they develop a lot of insecurity when they realize that their videos or their posts are not getting as much interactions as others. Um, And so, you know, being very mindful of when your child is starting to fall down this trap and making sure that you correct it or that you protect your child from that by limiting their interactions and having them understand that these likes and these posts and interactions um, do not define them as a human being. The the only one validation from getting... Yeah, exactly. Because that's the currency, right? Like that's the mm. currency with which they they function off of with this with being an influencer is that you're not an influencer if you don't have a lot of interactions, right? So they need that. That's part of the scope. So you know I, I've seen a lot of kids get very very stressed out when they don't receive the type. They always of get addicted yes. to the to the likes, don't? Yes. They? Yeah, I think there's even research that says that the the likes. Um, so my my husband made me watch the social dilemma, and this was actually <laughs> discussed in that documentary. Um, and they actually have me and psychologists who looked into this and it and they say that the 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 likes and the notifications and even that sound that you get when you're being notified of a like mm-hmm. is it triggers the same dopamine response that they see in people with addiction wow right okay. and so that and it was all and, and, and you know the, the documentary goes down the line of that it was all intentional that social media platforms are fully aware that this is happening yeah. um, and they want to kind of exploit it to its fullest to get people to be get them hooked I see yes as, as competitive right Right. yeah and so children um especially kids who are influencers and they know that this is you know um such a big part of their position as an influencer it's very easy in my opinion to get addicted and to kind of tie your sense of self-worth to that right so i've had some of my kids who are not even influencers tell me things like for example like they post a picture of themselves and if they don't get say 100 likes within 45 minutes they delete it because oh they feel gosh. like obviously that was not a good enough photo, right? But how do you actually tell these to the kids without them just going, oh, all right, mom, you're just saying that. It's not mm. true. Likes mm. do matter. 
Mm. So I say that's the thing. Like they are always going to throw that card that like, oh, you're too old to kind of understand yeah. this, right? Um, so you know, the one thing that I would say to kids is that, yeah, I mean, the likes are something I, I always say to my clients that people are more quick to comment on negativity rather than positivity, right? So just because mm. someone doesn't like your photo doesn't mean that it's not nice. It just means that they didn't have something to complain about, right? Which is also in a way a compliment, right? So mm. to me, it's that the likes are not. Um, because the, the likes are based on one photo. It is a one snapshot in time and not at all a reflection of who you are as a multifaceted person um, you know, and all the different areas of your strengths. Um, so it's kind of explaining that to your kids and kind of just not expecting them to be able to know that this is something that they have to just not get upset about. Um, mm. But yeah, but as an influencer, your interactions are how you get paid. So it is the currency. So it's tricky. But because I'm actually... Because I've actually been in the, the business of influencer management and everything, right? Mm. It's not just kids. Like, I've actually seen adults mm-hmm. like, get so hooked on the numbers, so hooked on the validation that mm-hmm. you're right. Even up to uh, um, 40, 50 year olds, right? Can you imagine mm-hmm. what it's like for kids? My God. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And like I said, like, it's such a competitive field because I think that's kind of the trend. Like, most of the influencers nowadays are not in their 40s and 50s, they are people in that. Um, young adult even yeah. tween bracket yeah. right um, and so when you see other people kind of like overshadowing you right and I've had one you know a couple of kids I worked with who just set up a YouTube channel and it wasn't even like at influencer level they maybe had like maybe a hundred followers and even down to like oh that video of my friend got more clicks than my video like just little things like that it becomes a competition um, and that's really bad on their mental health right yeah. so I think that as a parent if you are going to consent to your child going into this industry you need to set some very clear ground rules as to what exactly your goals are mm. right and what the rules are um and, and kind of stay on top of that until your child is old enough to make sound decisions right so talking about i mean you've mentioned mental health and everything what about sort of the actual brain itself we mm. know that too much time online is mm. unhealthy for growing brains right so how do parents of child influencers help them sort of uh, if there is such a thing, strike the right balance between school, their career, yeah. uh, their time offline. It is so, 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 capital S-O, important to be able to regulate how much time your kid is having facing a screen, right? Um, and you're absolutely right. Even before COVID, and I've probably mentioned this before, like even before COVID, there was a you know gargantuan amount of research that was pointing towards screen time or excessive screen time, uh, delaying speech development, impacting social development, making kids more impulsive. Um, these are all things that we already knew about screen time affecting the part of the brain that does develop at a slower rate compared to everyone all the other regions right so we've talked about the the prefrontal cortex so i think that you know before the pandemic this was something that we were already trying to advocate telling people or telling parents to limit it kids under the age of two years should not be getting any screen time at all these were the guidelines we had prior Mm. to covid 24 months and below no screen time not even tv and then from the ages of two to five about 30 minutes supervised and then five to nine it was about an hour um and then you know going up from there now with the combination of virtual school and just parents not being able to you know entertain their kids as much kids are doing hours and hours of screen time even at the toddler level and if you have 
Yeah. And in a child who's an influencer, even more so. Mm. So all of those issues are going to start coming up. You might see your kids struggle with going to sleep at night. You are going to see your kids may have uh, more behavioral issues when their needs are unmet because of the impulse control uh, impact there. Right. So that effect of screen time is absolutely still there. Um, and so we need to make sure that we still stick to very clear guidelines on when. So make it a job. I mean, it is a job in a way. Right, make That's it a true, job. Actually, your, your kids should have a clock in and clock out time when it comes to your devices, right? Um, and there's a lot, and I tell all my clients this: that there are um, apps and 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 um, things, utility apps that you can download off whether you're an Android or an iPhone to regulate how much time your kids use on devices, um, and you should stand by them, right? If you are concerned about mm. algorithms pre-shoot your content, create your content in that window and you as a parent can be responsible for posting them according to that algorithm if you want. But your kids should not be able to, your kids should not feel that they should be stuck on the device 24-7 whenever the ping comes on. Um, So come up with a work schedule. So from this hour to this hour, they're allowed on the device. They can do their lives and whatever they need to, but otherwise the phone stays in drawer. Actually, it's really interesting hearing you explain this because I'm thinking about JD at this point. And I'm just thinking, you know, because he's all about time management, right? I suppose these are sort of the time management skill set is something these kids in particular have to learn earlier. So they're Mm -hmm. like budding entrepreneurs in a way, trying to Mm -hmm. manage their time. I thought Mm -hmm. you were going to say because JD can't get off TikTok, he's upset. (laughs) That's what I thought as well. (laughs) Oh, no, no. (laughs) More because time. Yeah, I'm terrible at my timing skills. That's why I was saying you. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about uh, parenting and the other areas areas, you know, um, child influencers can become as accustomed to, let's call it the limelight and, mm. and, and the likes and stuff. Mm. Um, how do the parents ensure that these kids stay grounded and mm. not, you know, walk around in titles? But you created a monster. Mm. I mean, like, are yeah. these stars, you know what I mean? I think that's the thing, though, is that, you know, when you when you set the tone that that's kind of what you're allowing as a parent, you do, yeah. like JD says, you know, you are kind of, uh, you, you know, I don't want to say creating a monster, but you are kind of setting the stage for them, right? So I find it really odd whenever I watch, like, you know, those, like, toddlers and tiaras or like you know those yes. like, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah or like you know or like dance moms and then i yeah. see you know the parents like behind the scenes whenever they're performing just like being very very like you know pushy and then when the kids get out of costume they somehow expect their kids to kind of switch off from that persona and, and that doesn't happen right mm. so i think that if, if for whatever reason if you feel that this is safe if you feel like it's okay for your child to be an influencer at a young age you need to make sure that you keep them grounded by kind of just not treating them any different right this is a job and outside Mm. of that job they don't get any different privileges from an average child right you want to make sure they still go out and play with other kids you want to make sure that they don't get you know a phone or you know whatever it is outside of the designated time right you're not Mm. buying them branded things just because you know and then i think it's about I think I have to emphasize that they are kids and we have to preserve their childhood for as long as possible. They have the rest of their lives to be adults and enjoy the fame and the money if they want to. But I think as children, we are obligated to make sure that we keep them kids for as long as possible because those are things that, you know, that they do enjoy going out to play with their friends, um, Mm. you know, being able to like play video games and going out for like little road trips with their family, whatever it is you guys enjoy. You got to make sure that that still happens and not make it all about, you know, like your your appearance. Work, your and, the, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Because it's very the- it's very easy to 
become the Lindsay Lohans and the you know what I mean because they yeah. they do get mm-hmm. sucked into their world. It's a very it's a yeah. very uh, tantalizing world, isn't it? Yeah, and you know I've heard a lot of parents like talk to these kids, and I say kids like because they're probably like in standard one or standard two, like as if they're adults. You know, because they've now entered that very adult arena, um, and then they get surprised why these adult, you know, why these kids don't behave like kids. You know, these kids going like, yeah, talk to my manager. I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. What's the worst thing um, to come out of a child that actually doesn't enjoy being a child and have a childhood per se? Mm, I think that you're robbing them of a lot of the important things that come with being a child. Um, and that means that they probably have to learn these things as adults, right? Ooh, so for harder. example, <laughs> harder, much harder, because, you know, I'm just thinking like in terms of like socialization, right? Mm. So, you know, kids who um, don't spend time being kids are going to feel like they can't socialize with their peers. They might need to only socialize with older children, right? Uh, or teenagers if they're, if they're younger. And that opens up a whole can of other dangerous worms that we don't want to deal with at this stage because we're mm-hmm. looking at you know underage minors engaging in activities that teenagers would engage in because those are the only demographic that they click with mm-hmm. um, and then what does that do when they become adults and they've realized that they don't really know how to reconcile that with you know because the reality of it is this is an a, a time limited thing or an age limited thing you know the notoriety or the fame is not going to be something that that historically follows you into adulthood right most of them kind of start phasing out by the time they hit a certain age so these people are going to need to go and get a job you know and pay mm. the bills and do the mundane things that come with being an adult and how are they going to cope with that when they've kind of gotten quite accustomed to living a very privileged life and partying and doing all of those things, whatever that they've grown used to. So I think that, you know, I really do feel that, you know, your childhood is your, uh, is your um, training wheels for the rest of your life. And if we rob our kids of those training wheels, they're going to find it really hard to learn how to cycle for the rest of your life, in my opinion. Mm. So you know, as child influences become much more popular, um, mm. you know, they're going to at some stage start to receive sort of money and mm. plenty of different opportunities and stuff, whether mm. or not their parents have started them off from babies, mm. you know, mm. doing mm-hmm. it or whether they've sort of fallen into themselves um, and mm-hmm. encouraged by the parents. But where does a parent cross the line when it comes to capitalizing on their child's success? Mm. I mean, I have seen it happen. Like I was reading an article the other day about, um, I can't remember the the child's name where he just reviewed toys on YouTube and he's now a multimillionaire. Oh, yeah. and he's like mm. seven or eight or something. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, it's not uncommon for, for, for kids to be, you know, uh, paid for, for, for their sort of like posts and stuff like that. Um, but again, I think it's, it falls onto the parents to make sure that the kids are being responsible um, and the kids are not being exploited. I think that's the main thing because there is a, there is a line that I think people tend to cross where they think that by paying, you for a service they can exploit you as well if you're receiving monetary compensation they can ask you to do things that you might not think is appropriate or acceptable Uh, and i'm not even talking about the malicious stuff um for a child of that age so i Mm -hmm. think that this is where again parents have to be very uh cognizant of the fact that just because there's money involved you have to you're a parent first and whether you want your children um you know advertising a product that you think is not appropriate um, Mm. or talking about a topic or posting certain content that you think is not appropriate, despite the the monetary tag attached to it. Um, And if your child is being 
compensated, then you need to make sure that you protect your child's finances by, you know, handling all the accounts of it. Um, I really don't feel that children should be given, you know, again, unrestricted access to their funds at a young age, uh, even though they've earned it, it should go into something that's protected and goes towards their future. Because mm-hmm. again, the impulsive part of their brain is going to be like, I want to take that and buy 15 scooters, right? Um, yes. And, so, and you shouldn't, even though you can. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, the, 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 the bottom line, I feel is that, you know, I, I can't tell parents whether or not this is a decision that is uh, right for them. But I think that if you're going to pursue this, you got to make Make sure that you're absolutely involved in every possible area um, until your child is old enough to make those decisions. Mm. You know, with um, a lot of people from all sorts of demographics being able to access um, devices in order mm. to become influencers and stuff, you know, we hear a lot of stories about actually parents using their children's money, mm. um, p- paying for the house, buying mm. a house, uh, education, all the rest of it um, before the child's actually sort of come of age, mm-hmm. um, you know. Is that something that uh, parents need to be sort of wary of when thinking about spending the money? Like, should they Mm. even be able to do that? Mm. I would, I'm inclined to say no, because in a way you might argue that, oh, you know, it's my kid. I bought them the phone and everything, but ultimately they're doing the work. And Mm. what you're doing is that you're kind of robbing them of it, right? So it's kind of like the way I look at it is if you had put your hard-earned blood, sweat, and tears into something and then someone just assumes that they have access to that money and uses it to their own uh, for their own gain, uh, I'm, I'm kind of iffy about that, right? But but um, it's not an uncommon practice, right? A lot of the, uh, you know, I've heard of a lot of cases where parents do support their kids going into social, uh, being social media influencers because it helps the, fi- the family finances. Um, and so long as that's, that's something that is agreed upon very early on um, or agreed upon just kind of amongst everybody involved, and I think that's mm. fine. But I don't like the idea of your child is an influencer, gets paid, you have access to the bank account, and you use that money for your own without asking their permission or notifying them or doing anything like that. Um, but I think if that's something that you need to do, I feel that you should sit your child down and be like, okay, I'm so proud of you for all the money that you're making. And, and right now, um, you know, the money that we're making off your post and things like that, you need to use to actually pay for the house and to pay for school and to do all of those things. Um, and, you know, have your child be aware that that's what you're doing right mm-hmm. um and you know i've even heard of some some um uh i even heard of this like one friend of mine who was who was doing something like that and her her mom was um sort of managing her account and what her mom did was that her mom would top back up all the money that she had used right, right. so it was just like i need to use it to pay rent and then when i get paid i pay them back you know so it's kind of like so i, I think it's something that is is doable but just make sure you're being responsible and not just taking on the the tone that oh i'm entitled to it because it's my right. child Got it. No, but in the, in this kid's case, I mean, the, the one that you actually mentioned, uh, Ryan Kajir, the kid from mm. Ryan's World, mm. uh, they actually set up a whole company where, mm. like, uh, the parents, because they're part of the 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 sea level people, they they get a certain share, they get like mm-hmm. uh, s- salary and everything. It needs mm. to be run like a proper business. Right? Yes. So as long as it's not some fly by night kind of thing, I'm just gonna um, use up my kid as because he's people like him. Yeah. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna squeeze every inch of cuteness out of him just for for the sake of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. right. You need to start thinking of this as a proper business at some exactly, point. Exactly, right? exactly, and protecting them like as if they're a proper 
entity of the business, exactly, right? And yeah. not just like not just like you said, exploiting the fact that kids cute, making money, we don't have to do anything. No, yeah. you have to remember that they're doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the more sort of negative or darker side of fame. Um, mm. You know, we touched on earlier about influencers having to deal with sort of cyberbullying and stuff, mm-hmm. but things can get even more out of hand, like with online hate, defamation, yeah. even yeah. Uh, even doxing. Uh, is yeah. that the right word? Where they release all that information about yeah. where you live. Yes. Um, it can get very, very dangerous physically as well yep. as mentally. Yes, absolutely. Right. There is an, a very, very dark side to social media. And I think a lot of that comes from the anonymity that comes from having to do it behind a screen. Um, and everything that you're describing has happened, right? And it's all something that kids who are very, very visible are um, are um, at risk of, right? I mean, I, I don't consider myself an influencer by any means, but I've already had to deal with people sending me nasty comments and hate comments and things like that. Oh, yeah, we get. Um, yeah, I, I think we had yeah. a chat about this just recently. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. you will get it, but then it's how you yeah. deal with it. But as a kid, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. exactly. As a kid, you're opening your child up to that, right? So, I mean, if you want to disable comments to protect your child from that, do it. If you feel that you want to be able to, um, you know, block, take it upon yourself to block all of these people and don't let your children get into uh, in touch with them or interact with them, then do it, right? But I think that there is a very dark side, um, and and yeah, like you said, like being you know doxing and all of that stuff um mm. and and yeah and and i and we have to also remember that the the fear of predators are is still there right i mean just yes. because you're an influencer doesn't protect you from um very unsavory people trying mm-hmm. to get access to you so i think that there is a very very dark side um and that kids are not necessarily going to see that right so like i said i've had um, examples with clients who have gotten into um, verbal fights with their trolls um, and the kids ended up getting into trouble because of right. the things that they said and because you can't track it, right? I mean, uh, you know, there have been horror stories even in Malaysia about how social media was linked to, um, you know, children taking their own lives and things like that because of trolls. Um, so I think that it is a genuine problem here in Malaysia. And I think that um, on an enforcement level, a lot has been done lately to try to protect kids against these things. And you can actually, uh, I believe the, the case that I'm referring to, um, the people who were responsible were prosecuted. So I do think that there is improvement there, but mm-hmm. it still exists. So, yeah. you you know, yeah, we need to, we need to make sure our kids are protected. And the only way that I see them doing that is by making sure that the parents are a hundred percent involved in every facet of it. Right. That makes sense. And be the one that are aware of everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what about the situation where, for example, if parents are the ones to create the stars themselves from mm. birth, from as mm. babies, right? Mm, mm. There's no consent given. And nope. but the kids up to a certain age, maybe they're eight, maybe they're younger, a bit older, turn around, and go, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't want this kind of life, I don't want this kind of job. Stop mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You respect that, right? And I know that that's the part that's tough, um, you know, but I think that, that that's kind of like why I feel like I equate it with child stars, right? I'm thinking of people mm-hmm. like Britney Spears and, you know, Justin Timberlake. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. They didn't really get the full scope of consent. Like it was like, yeah, is it fun? Like, yeah. And the parents agreed to it. That was it. But I think that looking at just how, uh, all the dangers that were exposed to them. It was something that I don't think they could have predicted. And, and you know, so I think that if your child turns around, if you made the decision before they could, that you wanted them to be a public figure, 
the minute that they voiced that they don't want to do it anymore, you respect it. I, I kind of take a page out of, I saw this interview that Will Smith did. So when Willow was what, seven, mm-hmm. when she released her first album, um, and she was doing like ridiculously well. And he he did this interview where he said that there was, uh, she was opening for Justin Bieber. She was about eight or nine. Um, and she was doing, it was the whip my hair yeah, time, yeah. right? I whip my and, hair back and forth. Yeah. Back and, forth. and she had, she had approached him and she said, dad, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go home. And they were on a road tour. They were on like a, on a world tour. And he said that, you know, at that time, he's like, crap, I've already like committed to this and everything. And so he's like, come on, sweetheart, just a few more days, a few more days. And the next morning he got up and she had shaved her head. Right. And yeah. you wow. can't, you know, so that was her way of like, dad, I mean it. Right? right. And so he had said that he should have listened, that that was, and so he, he canceled the tour. He went home. And so I think you need to take heed of what your child is saying, you know, and if your child doesn't want to do it anymore, respect that. But I think it's cat. I mean, we're talking about influencers here, right? But mm. it happens the same way with like parents wanting their kids to be doctors and accountants and everything. Mm-hmm. Parents don't <laughs> yeah. listen to those kids anyways. Mm-hmm. Though, right? Exactly. Right. I have the same feeling about things like that. Right. You as parents, you might have a vision of what your child, what you want your child to be. But like I've said many times before, your kids probably going to spend more time on this earth without you than with you. Mm-hmm. And your job's to make sure that they're going to be able to do that time. And if you're forcing them to take a vocate take up a vocation that you think is nice and fancy but they hate how are they going to keep doing that when you're gone right how are they going to mm. keep you know so i think that it's the same with that with that vocation right uh with that with that path so so yeah i think we gotta we gotta listen to our kids a bit more when it comes to this stuff 